0: Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Once again, here we are, Growing in Grace, the podcast going around the world. You know, I was so stupid, I thought that we were just broadcasting local to, uh, on a radio station here in Waterloo, Iowa. But now we're going around the world! Yay! Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Can we start this one over? No,
1: we won't. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you just go with it, man. You just go with it, no
0: matter how dumb you sound. Go with- Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes out of the mouth of Joel, uh, the weirdest things come. I mean, I can say some things that are very not profound, like that. So, the Growing in Grace podcast, going around the world. uh... (laughs) Here's the thing, Joel. Here's the thing. At least
1: we can understand you. Now, there's some guys out there who are from the southern United States And they have this Southern drawl, and they do Christian (laughs) podcasts. I'm not going to mention any names, but I remember telling one of the guys one time uh, about uh, how we kind of knew each other from afar. And he kept thinking that I was saying fire. Fire from afar. (laughs) Yeah. How did we know each other from afar? (laughs) I said, no, afar. Anyway, that conversation
0: went nowhere, probably like this one. (laughs) I was watching a video and I won't get into this because it would be too time consuming, but just about the Southern accent and how there's different Southern accents, but how each one evolved, but it began with the British people who came over and settled there and just the different accents from England. And and then anyway, how, just how it all evolved. And it was quite enlightening and, and kind of funny too. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, I, I find it a little
1: bit fascinating when it comes to accents from not only our own country, but around the world.
0: Yeah, I do, too, because I, I lived in England when I was a kid. And for being a, a, a country, and even if you include the whole United Kingdom, uh, not just Great Britain, if you can, if you take the whole United Kingdom, so much smaller than the United States, they have... I don't know twenty thousand different accents over there. I mean, there's there's a lot of accents <laughs> in a small uh, area, and it's it, that fascinates me. And I like watching videos where someone like does all the accents. One person is like doing all the accents from the different regions in uh, over there. It's just it's pretty cool. But well, uh, even
1: like in Boston, I mean, oh, yeah. the first people who landed in Boston the 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 husband and the wife they ate a hot potato and burned their mouth and somehow that translated across the
0: generations. <laughs> hot potato. Well, well, um, what uh, <laughs> uh, John John F Kennedy wasn't he from Massachusetts? Yeah, That's, Massachusetts. Yeah, my parents had this album when I was a kid. Um, oh my goodness, what was it? But it was it was a John F Kennedy and per, it was like a. I think, and then I think the same people did something on Reagan, but it was just it was a comedy thing. I, I can't even remember the specifics of it, but I just remember John F. Kennedy, the person who was doing him, said, like, "You drive a hot bargain," and, <laughs> and <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, and, and but the whole thing. Oh man, I'm going to have to look that up. But that was hilarious. the The whole it was just a comedy album, just on the, the life of John John F. Kennedy, just made up stories, but. So we got uh, some more serious things to talk about, like how you need to be giving 10% of your income to a church. Otherwise, you're under the curse, uh, God won't bless you, and things are just going to go bad if you don't give 10% of your income to a church. Isn't that right, Cap? Isn't that what the Bible says? It's it's a funny thing, Joel, because it's it's a big deal out there in the world of, of church
1: and and uh, church corporations. Um, it, boy, I can I, I'm having some bad memories here from before my grace days on this, but um, it's it's not in the Bible. That that's the amazing part about all of this is it's 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 not in the Bible, right. <laughs> and I know we're gonna get in get into some of this, but. You know, like in, in Malachi 3, where it talks about the storehouse. And then I'll bet a lot of people out there listening right now have been told that you should give 10% of your income to the church, which is now the designated storehouse. Um, but the, the, the Bible doesn't say any of that. It's just, it's just so fabricated, it, it's ridiculous. Now, l- let's just say up front, we're not against giving right. money or anything else for that matter. The the more the merrier, the the more liberal you can give. Hey, that's a great thing. So we're not trying to discourage that or tell people you can, you know, just sit on your your, your hiney and, and not do anything, you know that you're but you know pa- Paul talked about a cheerful giving. What we'll, we'll get into that, but I think the first thing that we want to ch- try to nail down here is is this this false assumption that Christians Believers in Christ are, quote-unquote, required to give 10% of all their income to a church. And when we say church, we're talking, I guess, here in this country, Joel, I think it's somebody who has a 501c3 nonprofit
0: status. Mm -hmm. That's usually what people are talking about when they talk about giving 10% of your income to a church. And again, like I want to repeat what you said, that we're not against giving. Giving is a great thing. And, I, you, know, you know, as Paul said to the Corinthians, the more that you sow, the greater that is reaped. Uh, so, so be generous if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. I mean, you're, you're okay. I mean, if you don't have money or much to give, that's okay. You don't have to feel bad about not giving. You get to choose in your heart what you want to give and, and who you want to give it to. If you want to give it to a local church, that's great. That's fine. If you have a neighbor who's going through some hard times and you want to give something to them, that's fine too. If you want to donate to a charity, uh, you, you you don't have to give to a church. You don't have to. Give in any certain way. You get to decide. Uh, what you want to do with the things that you have, you're free to decide. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you uh, could you could volunteer at the food bank, or you know, one way that we give is
1: by doing this podcast. Right. I mean, there's just multiple ways you can do this, and it doesn't all come down to your gross or your net income.
0: Right. And the thing about giving money to a church, there is there is no verse in the Bible. There's nothing, absolutely nothing in the Bible that says to give money. To a church, there's nothing that says to tithe money. There's nothing. There's a lot of verses that talk about tithing, and I wrote I, I wrote a blog a blog series several years ago uh, where I included all the verses that have to do with tithing. There's nothing that says to tithe money. What the tithe was under under the law was God had set aside one of the tribes of Israel out of all the tribes. You set aside one tribe to perform certain duties. He told them, you do not have any inheritance like the other tribes have. The inheritance was land, was crops, was animals. And he told the Levite tribe, you do not have any of that. You're not to have any of that. You're not to work for your own food. You are forbidden. He says, I am your inheritance. And so he told the other tribes, the people of the other tribes, to bring tithes of their food. It was crops and animals. To storehouses and what was a storehouse? A storehouse was like a barn. It was a place where food was stored. That's that's what a storehouse was. We've so Christianized this thing, and we've turned it this tithe into 10% of your income, and uh, we've turned a storehouse into a church, which that's just a, a great twisting of the scriptures and we told people they need to give 10% of their income to a church. And even even the the Jewish people under the law, they had money. They had a money economy. They bought and sold with money just like we do today. You've heard the word shekel. You you've heard all these money terms. They had money. They did not tithe of their money. They t- only tithe of the food. Uh, and, and and the 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 levite tribe themselves were to give 10% of uh, of that to the priests, who, uh, a small portion of the Levites. And so when, when Malachi came along, people had been forsaking not just the tithing law, but other laws. And Malachi came to say, hey, knock it off. Bring your tithes to the storehouse so that there may be food. You notice that it says food in my house? That was the food that was meant to feed the Levites. See, the Levites lived among all of the tribes. The tribes were all spread out into into their own distinct tribes, the Levites lived among each tribe, and so they could go to the storehouse get food to eat. That's really what that was about. And so, if you'll do this, God said, I will make the windows of heaven open, so that there will be more than you can, you know, more blessing than you can, than you can imagine. Uh, He's just saying he's going to make it rain, and so there's going to be more food than they're going to need, so they don't have to worry about. Uh, you know, withholding their tithes. They're going to be able to eat, everyone's going to be okay. That's really what Malachi 3 was about.
1: Yeah, and that, that's putting it pretty simply. I mean, the Levitical tribe, the Levites, <clears throat> where the priests came from, not every Levite was a priest, but they were part of that tribe. Right. And they were worthy of receiving the tithes of this food to take care of them. As you said, they, they lived among the people— they didn't have their own fields like the other tribes did. And so that tenth of the food from the other tribes was going to support the priestly tribe of the Levites. Simple as that. I mean, and you could even make a case if you go back one chapter in <clears throat> Leviticus, I'm uh, Leviticus, <laughs> <laughs> I had the law on my mind, um, in uh, Malachi chapter 2. The chapter before the one that everybody points to for tithing in, in Malachi three, that it starts out by saying, "Now this this message here is is for the priests," mm-hmm. and it never really stops and says, "Okay, I'm done talking to the priests now. Now I'm going to talk to all the Christians." Um, <laughs> it doesn't even say I'm going to talk to all the Jewish people and the other tribes. It, 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 so you could even argue that maybe he was coming down on the priests about their their, their unwillingness to 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 follow. That, that principle or that law of, of tithing. But it's not for the, the New Covenant believers in Christ. We, we give from our heart. We give differently. And some people get confused with a couple of things Jesus said about tithing. But, you know, again, keeping in mind that the, the Old Covenant in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, for the most part, was still in place as Jesus was walking the earth as a man. And when he referred to tithing, he was talking to the hypocritical Pharisees, who were still under that law and when Jesus said you're ignoring some of the most important things about the law i mean th- these are people who would ignore the, the 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 biggest things about the law in the in the eyes of Jesus anyway while they would meticulously count down to a the, the flake of a spice when it came to tithing <laughs> mm-hmm. and and he and he jumped on him about that and he said yeah you you should tithe because you're under the law but you shouldn't neglect these other things that are every bit or even more important. And, and so I just thought I would throw that in there, Joel, because some people want to say, well, Jesus said we should tithe. Well, he no, he didn't really say that. He said that to the Pharisees who were under the law at that time um, because tithing became a part of the law. And I know some people say, oh, tithing began before the law. And I don't know if you want to jump on that, Joel, with Abraham or something.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can do that. And uh, just in case a person wants to find out, when Malachi came and he was addressing these laws, you can find the tithing laws themselves in Leviticus 27 and also Deuteronomy 12 and Deuteronomy 14. Uh, so you can see... <laughs> Like like you said, it had well, there, nothing to uh, do yeah, with the it, Christian church. There,
1: there, there is a lot of stuff in there, right? I mean, yeah. Malachi is like one of the last things you, you see about the tithe. It doesn't really explain what the tithe is. It just addresses mm-hmm. it. But you can go back into those books of the law and find out more about it, and you'll find out that the tithe really had nothing to do with money, although if your tithe, the, the food that you were going to uh, commit— to the to the levites if it was too far to travel you could turn your tithe into money right um and and so there's all kinds of stuff like that in there
0: yeah and that's in deuteronomy 14 and and you could take that money so you take your tithe and exchange it for money (laughs) and you get to keep the money god said you keep the money and you spend that on whatever your heart desires and he could say you could buy oxen you could buy strong drink you could buy whatever and just celebrate before the Lord. So that's something you never hear taught in any tithing message. But uh, so, yeah, Abraham, Abraham. Yeah, Abraham was before the law. And, and so he's the father of our faith. And so Abraham tithed, And so we should tithe, too. Well, Abraham did a lot of things, and I think there's a lot of things that Abraham did that we don't want to do, just because he was the father of our faith. I won't get into specifics, but read the story of Abraham. There were some things he did that were not all that great, just because he, he was the he father of our faith. He could have been in Lord of the Rings. He could have. <laughs> he looks like him. No, I don't know. I don't know what Abraham looked like. But, um, so, what happened it, with Abraham? His nephew was taken... Was, and, and and his nephew Lot and the family, they were taken from where they lived. And if you look on a map, they were they were taken about 200 miles away from where they lived. And uh, Abraham heard about this, and so he gathered together an army of a few hundred of his men and f- pursued these people who had taken Lot and his family and possessions. Long story short, He won the battle. So this would have taken days, weeks, maybe even months. I don't know. But it would have been a a battle, a bloody battle, people killing each other. He won back Lot and his family. And so on his way back to where Abraham lived, he had to travel through this region where Melchizedek was both king and priest of the Most High God. And what the custom was in that area, this was very common in those days in that area, That if you won a battle and you took spoils of war, you gave a tenth to the local king or priest. And what that signified was that that king was worthy, was greater than you. It showed that you were the lesser and that king or priest was the greater. That's one thing that that showed. And so Abraham did. He gave a tenth of the spoils of war, not a tenth of his income, not a tenth of his possessions, not a tenth of his wealth, uh, it was a 10th of the spoils of war. He gave that to the Melchizedek. And then he gave almost the other 90%, almost to the king, the wicked king of Sodom, uh, because he said, I don't want it to be said that you made me rich. And so if we want to follow Abraham's example, we got to go to war. We got to win the battle. We got to bring back, uh, a, we got to give a 10th of it to a local king or priest. And we have to give the other 90% to a, a wicked king. That's <laughs> so but what about Hebrews 7? Again, when we get to Hebrews 7, we, Cap you and I have talked a lot about Hebrews and how the point of the whole story was how Jesus is greater than the levite priesthood. The, Jesus priesthood was greater than the levites uh, priesthood and, and did away with it. And but Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. The levites of course descended from Aaron. Well, it's it's said in in Hebrews 7 Jesus is high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And it, the writer uses the example of Abraham to show how Melchizedek was greater than Abraham because Abraham is the one who tithed to Melchizedek. That's really that's why he brings that out. And the reason for that is because the Levite tribe, the Levite priesthood came from Abraham. And so it shows that Jesus is greater than the levite tribe. That's all that is being said in Hebrews 7. That Abraham is the lesser, Melchizedek is the greater. That shows that Jesus is the greater and that the levites were the lesser and so his his priesthood supersedes that of the levites. That's and, and that's the gospel. That's showing why Jesus is, is our high priest. This one went a little bit long. Is there anything else you have to add to this? I know Jacob had a tithe, but his 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 promise of a tithe was was conditional. If you do this for me, God, I'll do this for you. Um, anything else, Kat? No, I have uh, nothing else to add except another ten percent of my time. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I don't have anything else to say, but we'll just we'll keep it rolling for another ten percent of the time of the lecture. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. We're out for this one. Hope this has been enlightening for you. Uh, it's I love talking about this stuff. But we'll have more in our uh, False Assumptions series coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.